0: Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. I was sharing with my friends that we prayed before uh, the, the worship service. I wish I could capture the kind of excitement that Jesus' followers felt um, when they realized Jesus was alive. Uh, I wish I could capture it for us. The, the, the disciples invested everything in Jesus. They trusted him. Uh, they obeyed him. They they, they, bet, they bet their lives on his ability to come through. On, w- on what he was offering or what he promised. Um, and, and after the disciples watched Jesus die. The most violent, cruel death any of them had ever seen. On the, evening, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, which is hilarious, right? I, it's, it's like if I was dead and you guys all thought I was dead and you all were talking in a, in a circle and I walked in and I said, what's up, guys? Jesus shows up. And he doesn't say, Woo, everybody take it. It's very, look, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And the word overjoyed is an, over, is an understatement, right? Uh, it has to be. Um, I, I think the scene that I imagine that might get close to what they felt is like when you're watching um, you're watching a sporting event on TV with your friends and your team wins and that that kind of that kind of pure insane excitement that, that, that that's that might be how the disciples felt or on seeing Jesus risen from the dead. That might get closer to it. Um, th- th- a celebration like we've never known. Jesus was dead and now he's alive and the same word that's used for overjoyed is actually used in the book of revelation to 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 talk about what is going to be like at at this this final supper of the lamb where you finally get to see jesus face to face and you're celebrating because of you you basically have dedicated your life to this lived your whole life to get to here and now it's here and you're standing with Jesus face to face and he's saying we're having this supper and now you're going to be overjoyed. That's the same word (laughs) that they're using to explain how the disciples felt when they realized that Jesus had risen from the dead. Celebration is just an understatement. It's just not good enough And and obviously all we have is words to deal with here but you can bet your life; it's going to be better than we can imagine. And Jesus basically is saying, "You bet your life on me. Here's your reward." And if you can imagine how you'd feel by being rewarded on by Jesus on a day like that, maybe you can understand what the disciples felt on that day—overjoyed at the celebration of Christ risen from the dead. A- a- a celebration, some, celebrations at the heart of following Jesus. So interacting with church people, you probably, you might not know that, but celebrations at the heart of, of following Jesus. The Bible tells us this go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Celebrate, celebration and joy are like the gasoline for those of us who follow Jesus. And it has to be because any of you guys who take seriously following Jesus, you know it's exhausting. And you'll give up if you don't have any joy in it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we follow Him. You know, if you follow Him with joy, then. And if not, then you'll follow him in some kind of watered down, weak, insignificant way. Jesus wants us to feel the kind of joy that his disciples felt when he appeared in a room, when they were cowering and simply said, peace be with you. So uh, all throughout Jesus' ministry, he offered this, this celebration and joy. Um, and I don't know if you see that when you read Jesus, but all throughout his ministry, he offers this celebration and joy he, he, he's trying to give it to, to the people that he interacts with. Um, so when he starts his ministry, uh, this, this is what he says. This is what, ha- or this is what happens. Um, he goes back to his hometown and he lays the groundwork for a celebration. This is what he says. Um, he went to Nazareth where, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the, and, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to, to the, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, uh, to, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so the reason why everyone's looking at him is this. He's saying it in a way where he's like, I'm, not, not, like, I'm not, not, not like I'm reading you guys this scripture. He's reading it in a way where he's, he's, he's kind of making the point, this is about me. And so when he sits down, everyone's watching him. And, and they, they're, they're saying, is he really? Did he really? Is, is he really going to say it? And then he confirms it. He's like, this is about me. This is about me. Jesus shows up at a worship service in his hometown and reads a scripture that his audience would have heard before. And he does it in a way where he claims to be a royal figure and have a prophetic mission. And he says, the reason I've come here is for good news and freedom and recovery and favor and thing, reasons to celebrate. Reasons to celebrate. And the people who heard Jesus reading this, they would have known that he was referring to something back in the first half of the Bible or the Old Testament, something that, that they called the year of Jubilee. Uh, and... Uh, all all of them would have known about what that meant or what that is. So everyone in the room would have known what the year of Jubilee meant. So God gave the Israelites a law where they had six days to work and on the seventh day they rested, which we should do. Um, And then he did this other thing where he he said, okay, I'm going to give you six six years to work. In the seventh year, they rested. So six days, rest. Six years, rest. Wouldn't that be great if if we did that, <laughs> well, let's do that. Uh, and then they did this thing where after they have done it seven times, that'd be 49 years, the, 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 the six years and the seven year rest. Once they did that seven times, that would be 49 years. And then on the 50th year, you're supposed to celebrate the year of Jubilee. It was a super radical idea. If you had got yourself into a bind, um, you sold your land to someone um, so you could provide for your family, uh, the, the year of Jubilee would see that land given back to you. Um, if, if you got yourself in trouble and sold yourself and your family into slavery, um, the year of Jubilee would have you set free. Uh, it, it, it was Debts were canceled. Uh, it, it, was, it was just this radical idea and clearly for, for the poor, this was incredible. Uh, your family would get a clean slate. If you had messed up and got yourself in all kinds of debt or all kinds of trouble, 50 years, clean slate. And so you could see, you know, if you're poor and you're in trouble, you could be on the edge of your seat waiting for Jubilee to get here. Can you imagine, maybe, and maybe this is where you, you, you come today. You, you, you're here today this way. Can you imagine being a person who had an incredible amount of debt? Who had made some mistakes in their life? Sold themselves—you sold yourself into credit card slavery, or whatever. Your land, your home, and then the year of jubilee, you'd be ecstatic. You'd be. For most people, the year of Jubilee was an incredibly exciting time. Uh, year of freedom and grace for all that was suffering. Slaves set free, poor being provided for. Rest, uh, rest from the constant fight to provide for yourself. Um, it, it's, it's just a very beautiful thing. Very exciting for, for the people who need it most. But think about this. Wouldn't, wouldn't the year of Jubilee be pretty crappy for rich people? People who are and real, real talk, people who are closer to, to who we are. Wouldn't you dread, if you're the rich person, wouldn't you dread the year of Jubilee? You'd be like, oh man, I gotta set those guys free. Some of you guys know that one of the reasons why we had, we had so much trouble with slavery in our country, it, it was a lot about money, a lot about money. Rich people are probably, they might dread the year of Jubilee. People who have money always seem so worried about getting things you know, to happen the way they want it to happen. Or get, get having things, you know, getting what they want. Listen to this. It says, always be joyful because you belong to the Lord. I'll say it again, be joyful. And this sounds pretty, pretty awesome, um, sounds good, but practically, how do we do that? Well, lucky for you, the verse continues. Um, it says this, always be joyful, but how? Don't worry about anything. No matter what happens, tell God about everything and ask and pray and give thanks to him. Then God's peace will watch over your hearts and minds and he will do this because you belong to Christ Jesus. God's peace can never be completely understood. The year of Jubilee was meant to set um, poor people free, but it was meant to set rich people free too. It's meant to set rich people free too. If they were willing to practice it. If they were willing to practice it. Free them from their, wary, from their worry. And so if you're a person in power, you could, you could dread the year of Jubilee or you could look forward to it. You could practice it. You could say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God with this. So every seven days, every seven years, and then every 50 years, you have this incredible opportunity to be set free. Free. But no one would dare celebrate Jubilee unless they trusted God. You, you'd hold tight to everything you owned unless you, unless you trusted God. Then you could be free then you could be free, free to celebrate. That's where joy and celebration are found in trust and obedience. We already know it's not in in being worried about getting our own way because we do that already all the time. Jubilee was an opportunity to trust God and go out on the limb and obey him. And this is why Jesus rising from the dead is so exciting for, for people who are his disciples because your biggest problem has been solved. My biggest problem has been solved. Everything else is gravy. Jesus Christ risen from the dead means everything else. And when he shows up, he says, I'm here to set you free. And his whole town, everybody in the room stood up and started clapping, right? They said, you got to (laughs) go. Who do you think you are? the people who follow jesus though they bet their lives on him they bet their lives on him and that's why it was so devastating when he died and that's why they were so excited when he was risen from the dead they had bet their life on him so in the video in the video that my daughter showed you while speaking of the guys who are celebrating when they're watching they're 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 watching uh, sports together I want you to think about this. That scenario only happens when you think you might lose. Right? If you're wa- so those of you guys who are my sports fans, if you're watching a game and it's a blowout, you might fall asleep. Or at the end of the game when they win, you don't jump up and down. You're like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, still, yeah, Awesome. Your team won. That scenario where you are blown away only happens when you think you might lose. And when you think you might lose and then you win, you jump up and down and act like a fool. You act like you're five years old and you got candy. And you, you run around the room and you act like a nut because you thought you were going to lose and you had bet everything. You had invested Let me ask you this. Have you ever ever obeyed God even though you didn't want to? Um, Have you ever ever bet everything on him? Have you ever thought, I I don't know how this is going to play out, but I'm going to do it anyway. Have you ever thought, I'm going to obey you anyway, even though I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm going I'm to bet I'm going to put all my chips in on what you say or what you do I'm going to bet my life on you so when you walk into the room and you say hey peace be with you you know if somebody was in the room if, one, if someone was in the room who hadn't followed Jesus hadn't bet their life on him and Jesus showed up and he said hey peace be with you he'd be like who's that? hey how you doing? he wouldn't have been excited but if you and me bet our lives on what Jesus said or bet our lives on the idea that I think Jesus predicted his own death and resurrection and pulled it off. When he shows up, it's the year of Jubilee. It's excitement. It's exciting. And if you don't bet anything on him, then we, that's, what you, that's, that, that's what we get in most of Christianity. Jesus is risen from the dead. Yay. Cool. Super cool. I want to invite you, if you haven't yet, to bet your life, bet your life on Jesus risen from the dead. When you're a person in power and you practice Jubilee, and God comes through for you, it is so sweet, so incredible. When Jesus shows up and reads those verses, he's promising jubilee. And of course, that's, all, that's what they all wanted. They longed for it. They longed for what Jesus seemed to be promising. Jesus is saying, I've got the power to give it to you, but like us, they're skeptical. Yeah, can Jesus really give us what he's saying that he can give us? Can you really come through on what he's promising? And there were people who doubted him, and like I said, they kicked him out. some, Some of those guys, they had known Jesus since he was a boy. So they're like, I know your dad. I know your mama. You can't pull off what you're saying that you can pull off. And so they were all asking the question, do you really have the power to give us this joy and celebration that you're offering? And he answered them emphatically when he rose from the dead. You can bet your life on me. Peace be with you. I'm back from the day. I'm bringing you my jubilee. My joy, my joy will be your strength. Resurrection is Jesus' clear communication to us that he is who he says he is and he has the power to give us the joy and the celebration that our hearts long for. He's saying, you can bet your life on me. You can trust me with, most, with what's most precious to you. And when when you do, when you do, you will be overjoyed at the result. You will rejoice in the Lord always. This is why, and if you're a part of our church family and you've been listening along with us through this past month, this is why I've been asking you to take this journey with us and, and practice confession. Practice um, seeking the Lord's guidance. Practice worship with us because when you do that, that's, the, that's those are ways of betting your life on him so that when you get to Easter, you're ready to celebrate. I bet my life on you, Lord. I, I didn't know how confessing, and some of you guys, or those, those of you guys who heard my message last week, I shared, I shared, I confessed to you, and some some things that made me feel uncomfortable. I was scared to say out loud, but you know, the, the best thing, the best thing that people said about last week's message was that first part there where you confessed. I related to that part. And me betting, I was hoping that someone would relate. Is that feeling? Overjoyed. Overjoyed. And asking you to come along with me on that journey. Practice obedience to God by confessing. Practice obedience to God by confessing, by, um, by seeking his guidance. Practice obedience to God by asking him, what, what percentage of your income that should you invest in his kingdom? Um, practice obedience to, by giving up control, saying, it's the year of Jubilee and I'm giving up control of all the things that, that I try to control. When you do that, when you bet your life on Jesus and he rises from the dead, celebration for his resurrection will come naturally to you. And no one will have to tell you, hey, Jesus rose from the dead. You should celebrate. No one will have to tell you that. No one will have to bring it up to you. When, you're, when we watched that video and they says, nobody's looked over to one of the dudes and said, Hey, guess what? Um, uh, we won. You should, you should be excited. No one had to tell any of them that. They exploded with excitement. That is how people respond to Jesus' resurrection when they have bet their lives on him. I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you into that. But if you have not sacrificed anything, then the resurrection will mean nothing to you. Today, I want to practice celebration together. Uh, And again, all throughout the Bible, we see different forms of celebration, people shouting and dancing and all of the like. Um, And our our, our congregation, I know, most of you, I know you're, you're not going to be up for much shouting and dancing, but you might be up for a little bit of Singing. You might be up for a little bit of singing. Singing is a way throughout the Bible that uh, people practice celebration. Um, It's been quite some time since we've celebrated the Lord Jesus Christ in this way, so we thought it might make sense on Easter and the resurrection of Jesus as a way to uh, introduce singing back into our worship service and uh, the celebration of Christ. So uh, we're going to sing together. And so all the sacrificing, um, we appreciate those of you guys who have submitted to the idea of not singing these past months, um, submitting to our, to our lead on that. Maybe, uh, Maybe that will translate right now and to your feelings of joy and celebration as we sing together. So let me pray, and uh, I'll turn it back over to these guys. And we'll sing about the resurrection of Christ together. Dear Father, your, uh, your son risen from the dead. That is, that is our life. And I pray... I pray that if there are people in the room today who haven't bet their life on the idea of you risen from the dead, today would be that day. Today would be that day. And then for those of us who have done that, I pray that you would uh, give us the fruit of the Spirit, give us joy as we celebrate your resurrection today.